The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour in the seas, so may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah in the 42nd chapter. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says the Lord, the God who created the heavens and the earth and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and you are our Redeemer. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I invite you to be seated. There's this phrase that shows up in in the, the Gospels. It shows up in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke as they retell the story of Jesus' baptism. And it's one of those phrases that I think it's easy for us to gloss over because we're so used to just looking ahead in the story. We're so familiar with the story that we think, and then Jesus comes, and then John says the thing about, you know, untying people's shoes, and then there's the Holy Spirit, and there's fire, and then the Holy Spirit comes and shows up, and it's like a dove, and it descends on him, and then God speaks. But there's something that happens in there that catches my attention, now that I've noticed it catches my attention every time. And each of the gospel writers says this, that the heavens are opened. Some of the gospel writers actually grab the, the, the language from the Old Testament, and they say the heavens were torn open. The heavens were torn open. 
And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form as a dove. And the voice of the Father spoke. The heavens were torn open. That image of the heavens being open comes from Isaiah. In Isaiah 64, Isaiah is, uh, is, is fed up with what is happening to his people. He's fed up with, uh, with oppression from, from Gentiles and from foreigners. He is fed up with idolatry. He's, he is overwhelmed by everything that is wrong in the world around him. And he cries out to God and says, God, that you would tear open the heavens and come down and make the mountains shake. When God opens the heavens, Isaiah imagines that the mountains shake. That the ground that God touches changes forever. Our lesson today from Isaiah comes from a few chapters before. We're in chapter 42. And in chapter 42, Isaiah is not imagining what it's going to look like when God finally comes with, with, his, with his judgment against the nations. But instead, he is proclaiming God's word over a person that he hasn't named. Isaiah doesn't name who this person is. Now, of course, we standing on the side of the cross that we stand on understand that what God is speaking to his people is words of comfort. In fact, that's exactly what he says in the chapter immediately before this comfort. Comfort to my people. In the midst of your oppression, comfort. In the midst of, of idolatry, in the midst of the, 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 the tyranny of the nations around you, comfort. Comfort to my people. And then there's a promise here in chapter 42 that my servant is coming to you. My anointed one is coming to you and my spirit is going to be upon him. And this is what Isaiah says happens when God's anointed one who has been anointed with God's spirit comes to God's people. He brings justice. But then something changes. He doesn't bring justice to God's people. That's not what Isaiah says. What Isaiah says here in verse 1 is that he will bring justice to the nations. That God's anointed one, that God's purpose in sending his Messiah is not only to set his people free, but to bring justice to the nations, to bring justice. He says to them, behold, look and see my servant, my anointed one is coming to you to bring justice. And then he says this, he says, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people. Now, remember, when we're reading Scripture, especially when we're reading in the Old Testament, it's very easy for us to read passages where God says you and to hear me. God's saying these things to me to, to personalize the promises of God. And oftentimes, especially in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament, when we translate something you, it's oftentimes plural. But that's not the case in Isaiah. In Isaiah, he's saying this in a singular way. And he's not saying this to me, the reader. He's saying these words over his anointed one. 
He's saying these words over the one that he is sending to bring justice to the nation. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant to the people. Righteousness and relationship. You notice those two words that he uses there, that his anointed one, the Messiah, Jesus, who is going to be our king, comes to his people in righteousness. But then God says that I take him by the hand and keep him. The promise of God's covenant to Jesus and because of Jesus to those who belong to Jesus is righteousness and relationship. What we as God's people are invited into is not just a God who is going to come and set things right. Although God is coming and is setting things right. And you and I are not just called into a relationship with a God who's going to be here and provide for all of our needs. Although God is here with us and is providing for all of our needs. It's not one or the other. It's both of those things. This is a God who is holy and a God who is righteous and a God who loves you and calls you his own. Not because of something that we have accomplished, but because of something that God accomplishes. He says, behold my servant, my chosen one in whom I delight. I called you in righteousness. I take you by the hand. I make you a covenant to the nations. God says to Jesus, I make you a covenant to the nations. God gives God's self to us to make a covenant. I want us to hear that again because it's easy for us to to, to skip over that. We imagine that when we say our baptismal creed every year at Easter, that we are doing something that accomplishes righteousness or holiness in us. We are sort of joining the team all over again, right? We're signing up and and so we, we, we stick around. That's not what happens. You and I are baptized into Christ not because of something that we have accomplished, but because that's who God is. Because that's what God is accomplishing in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. You and I belong to Christ because Christ has drawn us to Himself. You and I belong to Jesus because of what Jesus has accomplished. He is the covenant. It's not something that I have to do. The covenant isn't something that I perform. I don't do it right. I don't do it strong enough or hard enough or well enough. It's something that Jesus accomplishes. And he wraps his arms around us and draws us into that. But it's God giving God's self. Righteousness happens in the nations because God is righteous. A covenant people are being raised up because God is the covenant maker and because God is the covenant keeper. Because if I get left on my own, I'm not keeping any covenants. Doesn't happen. Not once, not ever. All that I do is make sure that, that, that my needs are met. All that I do is make sure that I get all of the stuff that I want as soon as I want it by any means possible. That's what my heart looks like. 
But when God establishes the covenant, when God brings us into his family, when God adopts us as his own, it's not something that I'm doing. It's something that God accomplishes. It's something that God sustains. This is God at work in us. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're gathered together today to remember baptism because in baptism, God gives the Holy Spirit to his people and it begins in Christ. It begins, the story of our salvation begins with the gift of the Holy Spirit, but it continues day after day after day because you and I are being drawn into the story that God is telling through his son, the story that God is telling now through his church. You and I belong to him. You and I are being made righteous. You and I are being made holy. You and I are being made covenant keepers. Not because of something that we generate in ourselves. Not because there's some, there's some goodness in me that I can just grit my teeth and make goodness happen. But because the Holy Spirit is at work growing goodness. Growing holiness growing righteousness in me. I don't have righteousness of my own, but I belong to the Father. You don't have goodness of your own, but you belong to the Father. Jesus is at work in us and with us and through us today. He says that this covenant is a light for the nations. And when he says that word, it doesn't, he doesn't mean like city-states. They didn't have city-states. He's talking about peoples. He's saying that this isn't limited to one group. This promise of God's covenant, this covenant, this promise of light to the nations is something that extends throughout the whole of creation. No one gets left out of God's promise. No one gets left out of the gift of Jesus. It's a promise for all people that he will open eyes that are blind and that he will bring prisoners out of the dungeon from those who dwell in darkness. We've heard that language before just in the last few weeks that he brings light to those who are blind, that he brings us out of darkness. Some of us need to have our eyes open. He says that, that he comes to bring sight to those, not who are blind, but to those whose eyes are closed. It's an interesting phrase that Isaiah uses. He says, I'm co- the, the, this, this one who comes from God is coming to open the eyes that are closed and to bring people out of darkness. Because some of us fall into each of those camps. Honestly, Probably parts of our hearts fall into both of those camps. There are definitely parts in my life where I just keep my eyes closed to the light, where I am complicit in the wickedness that happens in me and around me. And there are parts of me that are just absolutely in thrall, that are completely enslaved to brokenness. There is brokenness that happens to us, and there is brokenness that happens through us. That's the effect that sin has in our lives. But he says that this Redeemer that this promised one, that this anointed one, this Christ, this king, is coming to his people to open the eyes that are closed and to bring us out of darkness. Because the old things, the former things, are passing away. Behold, the former things are passing away. 
and new things I declare to you. Thus says God the Lord, before they spring forth, I tell them to you. The same Jesus who opens the closed eyes, the same Jesus who frees the captive, the same Jesus who establishes his justice on the earth, the same Jesus who is anointed by the Holy Spirit is right here with us today, inviting us again to receive him and to become like he is. Receive who you are. Become who you receive. Allow God's grace, the working of the Holy Spirit, to transform your hearts. That's his invitation to us today, just like it is every single time that we gather together in this place, that we, that we submit ourselves to the Lord's table. Allow the Holy Spirit to begin that work again, just like you need to again tomorrow and on Tuesday and on Tuesday after and every Monday morning from now until Mondays are all done. <laughs> Simply wake up and say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. God, have mercy on us. God, let your Holy Spirit descend on your people. God, fill us with your grace and transform us into icons of your love and your presence in, in the midst of your people. Let us be a beacon and a light. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin dash places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment and join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Father is restored.